I think a big part of this season dwells on the health of Carlos Rodon and Nestor Cortez. I kind of can't wait to see how this bullpen takes shape just because of the way the Yankees have always built their bullpens. I've been getting roasted in our <laughs> YouTube comments. People think I am insane. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. With me as always is my producer, Steve Granato. Steve, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Stacey? We're a couple hours closer to pitchers and catchers. That's what's going on uh, <laughs> this Thursday, February 15th. Don't forget it. Uh, all the action, I guess, kind of right here. We'll be talking about a lot of stuff that's coming out of spring training here. And thanks for clicking on the show today, guys. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, later on in the show, we are going to talk a little bit about free agency um, and what's going on. That's kind of more the thing we wanted to just kind of get off our chest. Um yeah, there's still stuff going on in free agency that's very, very confusing. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the lockout from a couple of years ago in relation hmm. to that. We'll get to that later on in the show. Stacey, uh, we have six things that we are looking out for as pitchers and catchers report here in a few days. Yes, just a few days. Again, Thursday, they'll be showing up to Tampa officially for workouts, start throwing pens, start throwing flat ground, start doing long toss and plyos, everything. It's going to happen. Baseball is next. Stacey, we wanted to start uh, with three things here in the first segment. We'll do three things later on. Again, six total things we're looking out for. And I think the one that's a top of mind for me as we head into pitchers and catchers, and I don't want to get super hyperbolic here, but I think this is I'm coming at this from a genuine place. I think a big part of this season dwells on the health of Carlos Rodon and Nestor Cortez. At least that's the way the Yankees have kind of made their bed is they are super banking on those guys to be a big part of the rotation, at least Carlos Rodon, maybe not Nestor as much. Hmm. Maybe they've kind of taken that weight off of his shoulders ever so slightly than from last season. But nonetheless, like I'm very curious I feel like Carlos Rodon is completely healthy, right? It didn't seem like we were hearing anything else at the end of last season, but Nestor is still super question mark for me. I'm curious your thoughts uh, yeah. on how, how you're feeling heading into pitchers and catchers uh, because it didn't take long last spring training before we started getting these injury bugs. Right. I agree with you in that these two guys are really important. Rodon more than Nestor, as you said, because they signed him to that big contract. They signed him to be the number two behind Cole. He was pitching like a number seven <laughs> in 2023, actually probably more like a 10 <laughs> in 2023 because he was just so bad and so injured and just could not bounce back from any time that he came back. He was just, it was awful. So this, I feel like it's more important for Rodon, like you said, Nestor. Yeah, but I think the, not the target is on Rodon's back, but it kind of is because especially with the Yankees not getting Yamamoto, because that would have softened it a little bit where if those two guys still struggled a little bit, at least you had that big signing there. But 
yeah, I agree with you on that. I think these two guys are the most important. Yeah, it's a huge part of this rotation. Obviously, we're keeping our eye on Marcus Stroman and Clark Schmidt and obviously Garrett Cole. But like when you when you when it boils down to it, the, the rotation kind of hinges on these guys. Again, the Yankees bed that they've made is banking on these dudes. So how do they come into spring? How does Carlos Rodon look? How does Nestor Cortez look? Are they in shape? Are they throwing well? Is there any, like, are you starting on a bad foot? You know, that type of thing. That's what we're going to get to know here in the next couple of days. Uh, but Stacey, what's the first thing you're looking out for? I'm just interested in seeing how the bullpen takes shape throughout spring training, seeing the new guys arrive, seeing the guys who have been around for a while arrive and seeing how they work out. Um, it's interesting because there was there were some additions, some subtractions, and then there are guys that are coming back from injury. You have Efros who left left who lost all of last season to an injury. You know Jonathan Loizaga just couldn't get healthy last season, and that's been an issue for his entire career. So he's someone to look out for <laughs> in the beginning of spring training to see how he does. And I'm just really. I just I, I kind of can't wait to see how this bullpen takes shape just because of the way the Yankees have always built their bullpens. There are new guys. You've lost Wandy, you lost King, and I feel like it's still a really good bullpen. And I just want to see uh, by the end of spring training the order and who's closing, which probably will be Holmes. I think that's his job to lose, but see how Ferguson fits in coming over from LA. And I just I'm I'm really looking forward to looking at the bullpen. Yeah, I imagine Caleb Ferguson, he's for my money, is going to be put into some high leverage situations pretty quick. Uh, once games start here in, in, in a little over a week, um, two weeks or so uh, from when we're recording this. Yeah, I, I totally feel like, yeah, Caleb Ferguson is going to be a guy that is battling for the setup man role. Um, seven, eight guy for sure. Maybe not bona fide eight guy because <laughs> it doesn't seem like. Aaron Boone wants to go in that direction. Doesn't feel like he wants to define roles that way. At least he didn't last season really define the roles that way. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of mix and match and matchup type stuff. But yeah, I feel like a, Kayla Ferguson could totally be the eight guy. You mentioned the loss of Wandy Peralta, and that's a, a natural progression of of slotting in Kayla Ferguson into Wandy's role as a lefty that you know gets ground balls and is high leverage, right? Um, so that's what I'm thinking of. And yeah, you mentioned Scott Efros. Yes, yeah, like it. Does he have a role? Yeah. Like, does he make the make it out of camp? You know, does 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 he get sent to Scranton? Yeah, you know, I, camp, I so think. Our understanding. Yeah, I think with Efros, if you guys are watching and he does end up starting in Scranton, it could be because he's coming back from such a serious injury that they want to build him up in Scranton before they bring him up to the Yankees, and um, it might not be a performance thing for him. So we'll see how yeah. that goes. Yeah, there there's some logistical things there to see how how he does, how he's feeling, how he's responding to that kind of thing. Um, but Stacy, we're focusing on pitchers. Don't forget about the catchers. <laughs> there is very much uh, a very interesting storyline when it comes to pitchers and catchers and the catchers front of it. Who's getting that second spot? Lou Trevino uh, or Jose Trevino, sorry, has the first. He's the first catcher. Like he's the number primary catcher. There's, yep. I have very little doubt in that. And I've been getting roasted in our <laughs> YouTube comments. People think I am insane to think that Ben Rortfett has a chance. I don't know why all of a sudden 19 games or 20 games or whatever, you know, Austin Wells got in September of last year 
in which for the majority of it, he was hitting under 200. A why that all of a sudden means Austin Wells has no ifs, ands, or buts about being the number two catcher. I still think there's very much a battle there. I think as these guys start reporting or report, we're going to start seeing not like the click, but how, you know, who picks who? You know, how much does Garrett Cole put into how much he likes Ben Rortvet in the past versus does he see a lot about Austin Wells that he likes? Does he start going, I want Wells to catch me? Because what Garrett Cole says holds a lot of weight, holds a lot of weight. And if if Cole comes out and says, I want Austin Wells to catch me, guess who's making the opening day? (laughs) Right, right. So... It, I think a lot of it hinges on that. I don't think it's Garrett Cole's place to say, or he, I don't think he's going to come out and say, you need to put this guy, but you know, he's going to start getting a preference. Right. And those are the types of things you're going to see here as they start throwing pens and start picking catching partners and things like that, you know, ca- uh, playing catch partners and things like that. Um, and even all the way down to Ben Rice, how does Ben Rice get used here? Ben Rice gets a, a, a non-roster invite to spring leapfrogging over Josh Bro in that sense. John, Josh Bro did not get an invite to spring. Duran did not get an invite to spring, but Ben Rice did. And, mm. um, you know, he doesn't have the greatest arm in the world, and we, we know, know that from scouting reports and stuff, but he's a good catcher, and he's clearly got a really nice bat that he really uh, took off with last season. So how do they use Ben Rice, especially as we start getting into games? Like, does Ben Rice start catching a little bit more? It might start seeing a little bit of where they view these guys in relation to the depth chart. Who's the first call for an injury? Who's the second call for an injury? That's what we're really looking out for here today. Stacey, I don't know how you feel about the Rortvet versus Wells thing. Uh, clearly, I've made my position known, but uh, everyone thinks I'm insane. Well, if A.J. Burnett had a personal catcher, Garrett Cole can have a personal catcher. <laughs> Again, like, Rortvet has been the guy for Cole that he has come out and said he likes Ben Rortvet to catch him. But at the same time, a lot of guys were saying good things about Austin Wells in spring last year. True. And I mean, some guys just have a rapport with certain guys. It's not like a personal awful thing, but also, I mean, Randy Johnson liked having, um, I believe he liked having John Flaherty catching over Jorge Posada in the, uh, in like 2005. So there are some dynamics that happen, but it's not like Cole doesn't like Austin Wells. He's just, built up a rapport with Rortvet. But like you said, you know, if, if Wells is uh, Wells, if, if Cole is like, I want Rortvet, <laughs> he's going to be there. Late. Yeah. That's, that holds a lot of weight. So we'll see how those things progress here in the first couple of days. And then of course, all the way into actual games leading to the season. Uh, don't forget. You can leave your fan mail Friday questions in the comment section down below here on the YouTube side, reply to that pinned comment, just hit the little reply icon and then put your question there and you will be submitting your question for our Friday episode. That's every Friday. And if you want to guarantee answers to those questions, all you got to do is join the locked on Yankees insiders club. There's a 14 day free trial in the episode description. So go check out that you get other perks as well. You can text Stacy. You can text me, you get roster updates, you get, uh, a bunch of information from us that we especially will start setting now as the season is about to get underway. So check it out in the episode description. There's 14 days to check it out for free. All right. We have three more things we're looking out for as soon as pitchers and catchers report here in a couple of days. So stay tuned.
This episode of Locked On Yankees is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, and eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Back here on today's Lockdown, Yankees getting closer and closer to spring training. And of course, as we enter spring training out of football season and all-star break for the NBA and the second half of the NHL, you're going to want to check out Lockdown Sports Today, the 24-7 streaming YouTube channel here. Go check it out. Again, it's called Lockdown Sports Today, 24-7, top stories, top shows every day. It's a great way to uh, get caught up on everything. And you don't have to click. You got to click once and then you're done. It just keeps on playing. Stacy, three more things we had to talk about here as we head to pitchers and catchers on Thursday. Why don't you go ahead and give us our fourth item on the list? I feel like the battle for the number three spot in the rotation is something we should look out for because I feel like Nestor is not guaranteed that spot and it could be between him and Stroman for the number three. I would lean on Stroman being the three right now that that's just the gut feeling I have signing the contract and given the pedigree and the more of a resume. Yep. That's yep. where I lean right now. Yeah. Because it feels like 2022 was an outlier for Nestor. I hope it's not. I hope he can get back to close to what he was in 2022. Um, but yeah, Stroman's been around for a, a while now. Um, and yeah, more of a pedigree more of a resume as a starter. And I feel like maybe it's actually his job to lose heading into spring training. I feel the same way. I feel the same way about Stroh. Uh, I think what this kind of goes back to the first thing I said, right, about Nestor is mm. if he is going to take that three spot over Stroman, which I'm going to go ahead and be frank, I think is unlikely. Mm. But I think if he is going to take that spot, health is the number one factor when it comes to that, because that was what plagued him all last year. And yeah, we've detailed some of the things that he was dealing with, but the one that has stuck out to me and every dares know this is that fatigue stuff. Like that is so worrisome. Is he going to have that fatigue again? And if he is, how soon does it get here? Like, is he going to have it by the time we're getting ready for opening days, he's starting to feel that fatigue already. Or, or is it something that uh, doesn't pop up until after three starts? Like mm. those are the things that uh, I, I, I think as we move forward here, when it comes to Nestor Cortez, obviously you care about how he performs, but I, I really genuinely care about like, how is he recovering? That is yeah. such um, uh, a question mark for me. Mm. Like we, we've, you've talked about, about how, you've been worried about the Rizzo bounce back and how he's going to respond to the head injury, uh, which all indications say he should be fine, which is good, but you never know. And that's how like you to Rizzo is me to Nestor. 
because <laughs> I am so concerned with like, I, I think that's always going to be in the back of my head. All of 2024 is how's he feeling? Is he, is he going to bounce back? Like, is he recovering? Well, especially like yeah. two, three, four days after he makes a start, especially what if he goes six or seven innings, I don't know anymore. And that's something that's going to be in the back of my head pretty much all season. Yeah. Cause that's, I always joke about that, but I always say to people that, the most important thing about spring training, honestly, is the health, the health of the players. As long as they don't get hurt, <laughs> don't care about this. Don't worry about the stats. Don't worry that they gave up five home runs in a start unless, you know, you're getting to the end of March and it's almost opening day. Then you get to, you know, be a little worried. But when they're first starting out, just look at how they're performing physically and how they look physically. And as long as nothing's wrong with them, I mean, that's basically what I'm most concerned with when spring training starts. Well, for the guys that don't end up getting out healthy, wherever they may be, hopefully they're not in New York, but you always got to plan for that. So my next item on the list, Stacey, is who's going to emerge as those non-40 options here in the rotation? There's a couple of non-40 uh, invitees. Tanner Tolley, invited to spring training. He had a very quiet, strong year with the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders last year. Does he come out and impress? Does he impress Aaron Boone? Does he impress the coaching staff enough to get his way into a conversation here at if they need a non-40 starter, is he going to be one of the calls? Uh, another guy I'm very interested in looking at is Chase Hampton, another non-40 invitee. He had a huge 2023, albeit a little bit under the radar because of Beater, Warren, and Fitz. But Chase Hampton was right there with them too. He was incredible last season. He gets a non-roster in invite. And, of course, not a non-40 guy, but Will Warren, right? Does Will Warren uh, do enough here to warrant that he has that 40-man spot? Weirdly enough, on this, not on this invitee list, Clayton Beater. Mm. Clayton Beater does not have an invite here. Um, so I'm very curious how all that shakes out. Yeah. Um, every Jayers, you know a lot of these names. <laughs> <laughs> from Miners Monday and just from talking about them all the time. And now you know to look out for these guys to see how things shake out in spring training. And I'm excited to see how some of these guys look in spring uh, training. Qu quick correction. As I was saying it, I was sounded like I was saying it wrong. Yeah, Beater is 40 man. I'm sorry. Beater oh. is 40 man. So he will be there. But yes, like same. Uh, so I mixed that up. But Warren is not 40 man. Beater is. So oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so with with Warren not being on the 40-man, he is also in that conversation of being a potential 40-man candidate alongside Tanner Tolley and Chase Hampton. So just wanted to clear that up. Uh, but Stacey, your last one. Garrett Cole started throwing a cutter in 2023, and he had a little bit of trouble with it, but then his hand, he said, in an interview with Mer Meredith Morakovitz, um, they were sitting on a stoop. They got that idea from that um, cat lady. Uh, her name's Cat Green something. She did a stoop, talk stoop show and a lot of people did different versions of it but Meredith and Cole were doing that and he was talking about the cutter and how his hand got stronger during the season and he was able to throw it better now I know I joked about this maybe last season where I said you know when Cole gets a little older and toward the end of the contract and he's not throwing as hard I kind of wanted him to be like an Andy Pettit and if he starts throwing a cutter that works really well and he's not throwing 98 miles an hour anymore he could potentially turn into that kind of pitcher with the cutter so I want to see if he starts throwing it again and how well it does in 2024. 
Yeah, the way he was talking about it seems like he wants to to be a part of his repertoire, right? Like he feels comfortable enough to start using it against hitters in a more realized capacity. And in that capacity for me is how. Right. Where does it fit into your your stuff? How are you going to use it? Are you going to use that primarily against lefties? Are you going to use it up in the zone like you use your fastball? Like what counts? Do you trust that in a two strike count? Do you trust that in a, do you trust enough to throw a strike every time to where, okay, I don't feel my fastball right now. I want to use my cutter instead to get me over. Is it a three Oh pitch? Is it a two one pitch? Do you use it behind? Do you use it ahead? Do you use it with runners on? Like that's what, as we keep watching Garrett Cole here in spring and get into actual games outside of, uh, of just bullpens here in the next couple of days, that's, definitely what i'm keeping my eye on for too so um, oh, and b- before anyone comes for me yes i know they throw with different hands i just mean you know opposites mirror image kind of thing happening <laughs> uh let us know which ones you're looking out for here uh as we head into pitchers and catchers again that's on thursday they will officially be there and of course we'll be covering it all here on locked on yankees so make sure to hit subscribe you won't miss any of it okay we had to get something off our chest There are still a whole bunch of high-target free agents out there. Why? We're going to discuss that next. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. You can bet on how many threes someone will hit. And in those parlays, you can bet on someone to score 10, 20, or even 30 points in a game. And because we're a baseball podcast, we have to let you know how the Yankees are looking toward the future. So right now, your 2024 Yankees are at plus 900 to win the World Series. They're right behind the Dodgers in that category, who are at plus 1,200. And the Yankees are in second place behind the Astros to win the American League. They're at plus 450. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Back here on today's Locked On Yankees, Stacy. as we get closer to spring training, one, let me, I want to pick your brain on this. Is pitchers and catchers the start of spring training? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like for you, like for you, I don't know if it is for me. You know what? I, mm, yes. Yes. Like I, I consider that the start of spring training. I know it's not really officially cause they're not doing anything. They're just walking into, you know, uh, the stadium in Tampa and they're getting their physicals or filling out their forms or whatever they're doing. It's not anything major. And then they don't even work out the first day. And there are guys who have been working out there for more than a month. And, you know, we see all the pictures of them, but I think traditionally, yeah, that's kind of the start of spring training for me. (laughs) For me, it's more like a soft opening. Mm, Yeah. You know, like when a restaurant just opens for like friends and family for like <laughs> yeah. three days to see how it's all going to work out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. Spring training's here. Like, it, it, yeah, okay, it's spring. Yeah, some teams, some over. teams have re- reported already. Some pitchers and catchers are there. Yeah, yeah. yeah February as of today. Yeah, February thirteenth. Uh, there was uh, some reports, mm-hmm. but anyway, the Yankees are for for Thursday. But regardless, it's starting, and it 
feels like deja vu all over again. Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, Michael Lorenzen, Tim Anderson. Just to name a few. <laughs> Just to name a few of a very large list of guys that I feel like would have had a deal by now. Those ones in particular, maybe you can slide Tim Anderson off that list. Fine. But especially the top end of that, what's going on? We are still doing these top landing spots for Cody Bellinger. We're still doing... Cody Bellinger has had discussions with just sign already. <laughs> I am yeah. so over it, Stacey. Again, this is a bit more of a locked on therapy session, but it's still like, I, l let me get your thoughts on it first before I go into a different direction. I mean, I agree with you. I'm, I'm actually shocked that about the top three that you named Bellinger, Snell and Jordan Montgomery not being signed yet here in almost the middle of February. It's really shocking to me. Um, but it does feel like there was like a flurry of moves, then absolutely nothing. <laughs> then maybe a call like a smattering of things and then just nothing. And I don't understand what's going on with this, especially the, I'm still shocked by Snell that, yeah. you know, so far the Yankees are the only ones that offered him anything. That we know of. Yeah. That was the yeah. last reports, last in reports indicated that. And that was yeah. a while ago. Yeah. So Bellinger and Snell still have the qualifying offer that they turned down, which means draft pick compensation is still tied to them. And I mentioned I wanted to talk about the lockout. Mm. It hit me. This was supposed to be solved during the lockout. There was a at one point during the lockout negotiations in 2021 slash uh, really the negotiations didn't start until 2022 remember they didn't negotiate with them for like november and december and then actually started talking in like mid-january don't forget uh, yeah. about that owners did that don't forget yeah um but there was a stage during those january slash february talks that they got rid of this they got rid of draft pick compensation tied to qualifying offers and that was going to be one of the sticking points ish it wasn't the big ones obviously it was like the revenue stuff was the bigger broader things this was part of it though this was part of the player's proposal and at one point during the negotiations the owners did agree to getting rid of draft pick compensation look i'm not saying that that is the only factor here because of all those guys that i just named only two of them have those draft picks tied to him. But I do find it interesting that that this is a problem that was supposed to be solved during those negotiations. At one point, it looked like it was going to be solved. It didn't. And here we are with two of the biggest name free agents heading into spring training still on the market. Just wanted to throw that out there. I feel like after Otani, those two are the two big ones that behind him. And yeah, I'm... This feels like, uh, was it 2019 with Manny Machado and uh, Bryce yes. Harper, right? It feels like that again. Yeah. When are these guys going to get signed? Are they, are they going to wait till March? Like, when is this happening? <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't get it. Especially, like, the Snell thing, yes, we've documented that like crazy, especially considering we're a Yankees podcast, obviously. But the Bellinger thing, too, like, I haven't heard anything on Bellinger. Nothing. Yeah. All yeah. I've seen is top landing spots, like Bleacher Report and things like that. But nothing concrete of this team has had discussions with him and have offered him this. He just haven't hasn't said yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a difference between at least we heard something about Snell, but the Bellinger thing is really 
I think that's yeah. more strange than or stranger than the uh, Snell thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, like Montgomery favored to go back to Texas. Like when? <laughs> yeah. He's got a report. <laughs> I just it's confusing to me. But yeah. Matt Chapman's like the the pit, the position player two of it all. Remember, I had talked a lot about Michael Lorenzen and being a potential mid-rotation guy to be picked up by the Yankees. Obviously, they went in Stroman's direction, and mm-hmm. you know that's probably the the smarter move, fair. But nonetheless, like Lorenzen's still out there. I thought Tim Anderson would at least get to prove it one year at this point. Yeah, like, yeah obviously he had a bad twenty twenty three, but it's not like you just forget about the rest of his career. <laughs> like like yeah. someone I thought would have given Tim Anderson a chance, and look, they probably still will, but that we're recording this on February 12th at 7:50 Eastern and they haven't like dude like what are we waiting for here like get get this stuff get your ducks in a row what's going on yeah cuz i really thought montgomery would probably go back to texas because i figured they'd get all of that stuff figured out with uh the tv deals bally. and stuff the bally stuff and like you said it's february 12th 7:50 Eastern and nothing for jordan montgomery yet yeah, very bizarre. Uh, my dog. See, your also your dog well. also feels the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere, he's just like sign, sign. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, anyway, let us know how you're feeling about this free agency stuff. Again, uh, do you, did you remember that part of the negotiations? Because it hit my brain. I remembered um, this was supposed to be fixed, and it didn't. And now we have a long CBA until we have to get to negotiations again, and we're going to have the same conversation over and over again. Anyway, let us know how you're feeling about it, and if you want to text me or text Stacey about it as well, you can check out the Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club. Link in the episode description to a 14-day free trial. You can text me all your thoughts on it. I'd be very curious to hear. Um, but anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode of Lockdown Yankees. I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. We will see you tomorrow.